0: hello 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 you're listening to big easy ideas a podcast that features live recordings from new orleans entrepreneur week and builds connections at the intersection of innovation and culture new orleans entrepreneur week or noe as the locals like to call it is an annual event across the city of new orleans every march and is a celebration of startups innovation entrepreneurship and what's next Learn more and check out ways to get involved at New Orleans Entrepreneur Week.org or NOEW.org. And now, on to today's episode.
1: Hello, hello, hello. Today's episode of Big Easy Ideas is all about the talent and cultural assets here in New Orleans and how they can be leveraged with new technology. Non-fungible tokens, or NFTs, use blockchain technology to prove ownership and originality for digital assets. This advancement ushered in an explosion of interest in digital art and empowered many creators with opportunities they had never had before. As a deeply creative city, New Orleans stands to uniquely benefit from this movement, which presents new ways for creatives to engage with their community and to capture the value of their work. In this session, we'll hear from local experts and creatives as they share their experiences and perspectives on this cutting-edge technology. Brent Craig, co-founder and CEO of Jam Around and winner of the Idea Pitch Pitch competition at NOE 2022, moderates this discussion. With Monica Rose Kelly, illustrator and muralist and founder of People for Public Art, Jay Mack, an artist and entrepreneur based in New Orleans, and Eric O'Neill, founder of Hack the World. We hope you enjoy.
2: Okay, good. How's everyone doing today? We're gonna have a little fun. We're gonna talk about Web3 and leveraging New Orleans' cultural assets. So when you think of New Orleans' cultural asset, you think, you know, music, food, history, tourism. So today we have a panel of interesting professionals who do a lot in the space, and I'm just gonna be asking them a couple of questions. And, you know, just expounding on the space. So brief intros, my name is Brent Craig. I'm co-founder and CEO of Jamaround. I also started a digital publication called Nutri-Grounds in New Orleans. And I started an NFT project in October, which was one of the first metaverse blockchain schools. And yeah, we sold like hundreds of NFTs and we've been doing a lot. So that's that's my spiel and I'm going to turn it over to the panel.
3: Hello, everybody. My name is Monica Rose Kelly. I am an illustrator and muralist. My business is named Monica Kelly Studio. But in 2020, I founded People for Public Art, a public art collective, nonprofit and we had a vote last summer on whether or not the blockchain should be a public art space and we voted yes, it should be, it needs to be accessible and we need to be guardians in that space to make sure it is so. Hey
4: everyone, I'm Jay Mac. Uh, Jay Mac Entertainment is a sole proprietorship because I am a full-time artist and also a business and I'm also in Web3 and I also help with onboarding artists in the New Orleans area.
5: Last but not least, I'm Eric O'Neill, founder of Hack the World, an upcoming Web3 bootcamp. Basically, bringing back the technology to the city that uh, raised me. So we're really just trying to give this information about the scary blockchain to everyone and tear down the barriers to entry so, you know, anybody can get them onboarded from kids to the elderly.
2: Okay, cool, so we're gonna focus on artists. Let's talk about artists. A lot of artists get taken advantage of in New Orleans, and we feel that Web3 is part of the solution to that. So I wanna start with music, the art form of music. So I'm gonna go to you, J-Mac. What are some things that you feel like New Orleans can benefit from in Web3 for the music space?
4: Oh, wow. So for one, when it comes to music, not only is oftentimes, I know song credit was talked about earlier, which is great. You can utilize the blockchain to prove that you did the work first. You can use it as instead of the poor man's copyright, instead of mailing it to yourself, now you have the blockchain as an immediate way to show that you did it first, this is your song, you made this song. And also you can create utility behind your music Utilizing it as a token to an experience, a token to a live concert, a recording, merchandise, creative vinyls, AR vinyls. So many things, the possibilities are endless. And even the musicians who are performing live every night, they could have their own token that people can actually invest into to help them go on tours and to do many other things in this space. So those are just some of the things I think we could do as music NFTs.
2: That's a really good... Um, observation. So when we think tokens, we think access. So when you get the token, what do you get access to? The school that I started in a teacher, you get one of the NFTs, then you get access to a website where we got learning modules and stuff like that. So when you're thinking about access in the the web three space, there's a lot of flexibility that comes with it. So I want to talk about visual from a visual artist perspective. Now I'm turning it over to you. What are some things that you found in the space that was different from being a traditional artist from converting things to digital?
3: Now I get to collaborate with musicians, and I'm very excited about those possibilities. Uh, I taught myself After Effects this year, started animating traditional paintings, and I feel like traditional artists are particularly in- intimidated by this space, and they feel that they need to have this digital look because a lot of the PFP projects that are popular right now are very flat. But We have such a rich cultural economy here, and there's so many different styles and techniques that people have to offer, and I think that that is what New Orleans can really bring to this global stage, is a variety of different media, a variety of different approaches that have not been seen in this space yet, so that is very exciting to me, and also as a muralist, Um, It's very exciting to be able to preserve murals, graffiti, street art, and public art on the blockchain because look at our weather. It does not last. We just had that beautiful B-Mike mural crumble with um, the hurricane last year. And so if we preserve our legacy on the blockchain, being on the front lines of climate change, then we will have an eternal legacy rather than an ephemeral one.
2: So how was your first release? Like actually getting prepped for it? Did it, was it easy? Did some challenges you, what some challenges you went through?
3: Man, I I minted my first NFT. It's about to be a year on Saturday. And um, it was my genesis. Thank you. And it's a piece called Breathe Deeply, which is my favorite quote from my acupuncturist, Kwong. And it was a reminder to everybody who was suffering from the effects of this pandemic to stay with their breath. And I didn't quite understand OpenSea when I first minted, so I did an auction And I didn't know, I just didn't know what I was doing. So I'm like, oh my God, I have 24 hours to sell this NFT. It's one ETH. And I think a lot of artists come into the space after hearing success stories, thinking that their work is just gonna sell. So I was in that kind of space. I was like, oh, here's this new revenue stream that I can jump into. And I learned very quickly that I had to build a whole new community and market myself to a whole new audience.
2: Do not let the fast sellouts fool y'all. If you get into Web3, you will have to put in some work. You have to create a community, and that's the way that you should want to do it. You don't want people to FOMO in, because once you sell out 1,000 assets in two days, now everybody's standing around twirling their fingers, so now you got to go to the moon because you just made $100,000. So I always encourage building slow, start small, start building with the community, and then grow it into something to where it can create a bit of a flywheel effect. So I definitely want to get into the utility because you built some, some some nice things, bro. You, yeah. you came to my house and you showed me some stuff and I'm like, how did you even do it? So let's talk about some projects that you did, Eric, in Web3 and how you even approached doing it, being out of the East.
5: Yeah, so uh, being a traditional software developer, um, coming into Web3 was even tricky for me. You know, um, getting into the space, learning about... Smart contracts. What is this? You know, as a traditional developer, you don't even utilize that. So, in preparation for Hack the World Bootcamp, a Web3 Bootcamp, like I mentioned, we actually created uh, a game built on Solana. Um, and so, you you know, you sign in with the wallet, and uh, you know, basically utilizing NFTs that we have and we create it. You're able to you know use your character in the game and it's just a simple shooter, but it really goes to show you the ins and outs of the blockchain, you know, and, uh, you know, potentially able to earn rewards. I think that's the, uh, the biggest thing with the Web3 is kind of being able to own the assets. You know, you're not just buying a skin that you can't do anything with. You can, you know, sell it to somebody else who wants your skin.
2: Yeah. The game was amazing. I was surprised when I saw the game, I was like, y'all made this? But let's talk about one of the cultural assets that New Orleans is most known for, which is history. And history can kind of be a double-edged sword when you're trying to onboard people to new technology. They're like, oh, now we make money off of the past. Let's not move forward into the into the future. So what are some challenges that y'all think we're gonna come across with onboarding New Orleans into Web3, given that we're historically based? And this is an open-ended question, so all of y'all could you know, take you all spell at it.
4: I feel like some of the problems um for some elders and young people and people our age who are in the middle, I think they often want to see what is the economic value? Am I going to make money? Is this money? I'm like, you got to think about it long term. Just like, long term? Like, yes. For example, um, I am from Orange Mound, from Memphis. And I've started something where I bought Unstoppable Domain.x, Orange x. Don't worry, y'all can't look at it yet. And I started to interview my elders and put it on the blockchain. It's like, what's the value? I'm like, well, I'm preserving your legacy forever that people can go to and access, and it can never be taken down unless they go through my wallet. But,
3: yeah, you're not getting in there. Transparency is contentious, and I would say we're going to run into some... Problems in terms of which version of historical events gets minted on the blockchain. Also, IP issues are a thing we need to talk about in terms of music and art that is coming from estates of people that are long gone Um, ethically to me. We should be finding those families who should be benefiting from those generational royalties instead of the Web 2 Web 1 thinking of oh I bought the rights to this song so now this corporate estate owns the IP.
5: I, I actually agree with both of the points that you guys made, and I and I really think um, DAOs could be really effective to kind of as a solution to this issue because you know so much of New Orleans is built on community and the history of the people that have lived here so long. And with DAOs, they really empower people to come together and, uh, you know, vote on things as a community. Also, with the DAO, you have finances tied into it. So I I believe this could be a solution to kind of bridge that gap and also be able to fund projects that we believe should be funded.
2: From a perspective of going forward, how do y'all see you all influencing New Orleans from the cultural aspects perspective. What are some things that y'all are working on? Go ahead, and plug mm-hmm. yourself in.
5: I would say with Hack, the world, what we're trying to do is really uh, create a Web3 ecosystem within New Orleans. So, you know, I, I'm a developer turned blockchain developer. So, of course, given those skills, but, you know, Web3 encompasses so much more. You know, you have talented artists with me here who can benefit And also DAOs, investing. We're talking about like VCs, giving people opportunities. And so with Hack the World, that's what we're trying to accomplish. Being an advocate for people to own what they create. Um, And as simple as that.
4: Okay. I've been helping onboard artists. I am in an NFT gallery. And I'm also... I would say the world, I'm working on this thing called an artist white paper, but I want to call it the gold paper. And it's basically a breakdown of who you are, your mission, and your project. So I know as an artist, applying to all these artist residencies, it's a lot. And do we have the time? No, but we have to make the time. But what if I created a solution, which I have done, and you can mint it to the blockchain where it's one link that has your videos, your projects in progress embedded on the blockchain ongoing as a living, breathing, working document. That's what I'm working on right now. So.
2: Got to clap for that one. What you got? I know you got something.
3: So through People for Public Art, we are hosting NFT onboarding workshops with JMac and some other collaborators, kind of a rotating cast, all women. And thanks to Sheree, Scale Workspace, and Gilded, we will soon be hosting our third and fourth workshops. And that is extremely important to do in a small format because of the variety of disciplines that everybody's emerging from and trying to understand how they can plug into Web3. So we've realized that onboarding is not as effective in a mass sense. It really needs to be like, let me sit down with you and speak your language, as Jay has mentioned, and also help you understand how your particular art form can be enhanced on this platform. So, and as Monica Kelly Studio, my individual artist self, I want to prove success to my community and also just show people how I've grown my work in the NFT space over time, how I've incorporated new skills, created a new market and sold my NFTs so that they can see an example of it being done
2: Nice, nice. I appreciate all of y'all giving those thoughtful answers. I want to talk about tourism really quickly. So, you know, New Orleans, we're known for tourism. And one layer of Web3 that people really don't seem to understand is the layer of immersion that comes when you start adding virtual reality technology, augmented reality technology. People love to come to New Orleans. So now we have the technology to be able to send New Orleans off and send it to them. Okay, I've never been... But now I can get a taste. One of my friends, Crucial, he actually created the first Metagrass in the metaverse this past Mardi Gras. He built like a Mardi Gras type world with floats. He had beads and everything. And there were some people that visited that have never been to New Orleans before. So I definitely wanted to highlight that and especially the work that they're doing over in Miami, trying to tokenize their ecosystem. I feel like there's a lot of opportunity there for New Orleans. But I want to close with how do y'all feel would be the best way to onboard the kids? Because if we think metaverse, we think, you know, Roblox, Minecraft, they're on these worlds, they're building, they're getting used to the, the functionality and the utility. What are some ways that y'all think we can kind of spearhead and walk them to a place to where they're not just wasting their time, but now they're building time, building legacy, using the metaverse and the blockchain? Open-ended question again.
5: Yeah, so I, I think that's part of the reason why uh, we created the game My Little Dino is um, for the kids because they're the ones that are on these applications and I definitely think gaming, uh, but also music, you know, um, kids listen to a lot of music, you know, um, and so I think gaming and music are probably the biggest ways to, to kind of uh, get that to our youth.
4: I'm in a songwriting camp on Web3 called Camp Chaos. And I found out because of Wave on Twitter it was like, here's a list of resources to collaborate because I wanted to collaborate better as an artist. Also, shout out to Jam Around. And I was in this Discord and I applied and now I'm in a songwriting camp where they're paying me in Ethereum to be an artist. So we can also be doing that for the youth, for everyone who wants to do music, whether they're good or bad, they can get better by getting paid to do and putting in the work to do so.
2: Okay, so I want you guys to give me, guys and girls, to give me your resources. I know everyone's looking at y'all right now like, what did y'all look at to even learn this? So let's just do a quick deep dive. What's some resources y'all got? What are some free resources y'all have for people if they want to get into Web3? What y'all got for me?
5: Discord, Discord, Discord. Through my time is uh, transitioning over to being a traditional software developer to getting into more of the blockchains. I found that joining different discords and different projects that I was interested in and asking questions uh, is a great way to go about obtaining free information from the creators of the thing that you're, you're, you're into because a lot of higher ups are really active on discord and about telling the people about what the project is And also, if it's a project like Solana, Secret, you know, there's people in the Discord that are devs that that are actively trying to get more projects on there. So they will be more than happy to integrate with you and teach you how to get up and running so you can help their ecosystem. So I think Discord is probably the most effective way to learn anything because you can just type it and someone will answer it.
4: Yes. Discords, Twitter spaces. I, I actually got into NFTs. I didn't even know the ENS drop, so that's an Ethereum name-based service. I didn't know that was happening until Clubhouse was like, yeah, you should buy one of those on unstoppable domains. And then that got me a bag to reinvest into my business, go to Art Basel Miami, and pay my rent. So, <laughs> Clubhouse, don't sleep on Clubhouse. I know it, it, it's cluttered, but I, I follow NFTs.tips, Blockchain Gospel, also Black Dave on Twitter Spaces, Latasha Allison Doors a great resource, African NFT, that is a Discord I would suggest
3: following to understand the diaspora if you
4: want to get into that.
3: So I just want to reiterate, all of those spaces are where I learned as well. Also, Clubhouse during quarantine was a huge rabbit hole of NFTs. And it's really important to speak up and be a part of the conversation, introverted, extroverted. It doesn't matter. It's a very voice-led space. And that is how a lot of people are building. And they are all giving very generously of their knowledge for free. So I would highly recommend getting into those spaces and just finding your tribe and talking a lot.
2: AND I REALLY WANT TO EMPHASIZE THAT, AND I'LL LEAVE YOU ALL WITH THIS, FIND YOUR TRIBE, BE IMPRESSIONABLE, THE WEB3 COMMUNITY IS ALL ABOUT GIVE AND TAKE. SO YOU GO INTO A COMMUNITY, YOU ADD VALUE, AND THEN WHEN IT'S TRYING FOR YOU TO EXTRACT VALUE, THEY ARE MORE SUPPORTIVE AND WILLING TO DO IT BECAUSE YOU'VE ALREADY ADDED VALUE TO THEIR ECOSYSTEM. AND IN CLOSING, I'M GOING TO LEAVE YOU ALL WITH TWO WORDS, CYBERSECURITY, DO NOT JOIN these, THESE PAGES THINKING THAT PEOPLE ARE NOT TRYING TO SCAM YOU, ACTUALLY GO UP WITH MORE OF A guard. Because you're looking at people being anonymous and people, you know, not having anything linked back to their actual identity. So there are literally sharks in the water that would smell out if you made a little bit of ETH. You can make like 0.5 ETH and they'll be trying to scam your account. I actually got hacked once. You know, thank God I had a hardware wallet, which is the other two words I want to leave y'all with. Get a hardware wallet. And, yeah, just protect yourself because this is a scary space for most people because of how much people lose. But as long as you arm yourself with education and resources, then y'all can make it happen.
4: And get a Proton mail account connected to all of your marketplaces, please. And what is, what is that? It's an encrypted email, and is free.
2: We leaving y'all with that? Oh.
0: <clears throat> Thank you for listening to Big Easy Ideas. Big Easy Ideas is produced by The Idea Village, a nonprofit accelerator that supports startups and cultivates entrepreneurial talent in New Orleans and the greater Gulf South region. By visiting ideavillage.org, you can learn more about how to turn your idea into a thriving business and how to turn your business into a high growth startup. You can also learn more about opportunities to invest in startups ways to mentor, partner, and support local industry-leading companies. You might also find a job in our region's thriving tech and startup community. The idea is, it takes a village. So visit ideavillage.org to explore how to get involved in the Gulf South's rapidly growing entrepreneurial ecosystem. The music for Big Easy Ideas is by the Young Fellas Brass Band from their new album Block Party which is available now on all streaming platforms. You can find the Young Fellas Brass Band on the streets of New Orleans and at their website, youngfellasbrassband.com. That's fellas with a Z, young F E L L A Z Brassband.com. And of course, we want to give a special thank you to all of the sponsors of New Orleans Entrepreneur Week, in addition to the year-round donors and supporters of the Idea Village, who make this work possible and keep this content accessible to all. And finally, thank you for listening. We can't wait to see you down in the Big Easy. Until next time.